0: Welcome to The State of the Markets, Extra Tim. I'm Paul Rodriguez of ThinkTrading.com, joined by the one and only Tim Price of PriceValuePartners.com. Hi, Paul. Hi, Tim. Everything's changed, but nothing's changed, perhaps.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? I mean, where do you, where do you begin in an, in an environment like this? It's funny because we just had a, 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 a conference call with a client and he, it's, it's interesting in his situation because I don't know how representative he is of... Investors in general, but this is someone who's almost champing at the bit to get back into the market. And we're almost kind of having to try and restrain him from diving in with both feet.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's an understandable response. Has the market overreacted to the downside, and when will the demand come back in and a big bounce return? Uh, it's 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 a it's an understandable standpoint to take. I, I mean, mean what, one, what's your take? Thing, what's your well, take on it?
1: One thing I've learned from the last few weeks is that the power of emotion can dwarf absolutely everything else in markets. Mm. So, in other words, there, are, there have been some days when I sort of get up and thinking, you know, I'm, I really feel quite good about the world, and you know, the sun will still still rise and all the rest of it. And yeah, maybe maybe, or maybe not, we'll get a vaccine soon. But you know, you sort of you start the day sort of glass half full, and then and then you read something, and it just throws you into the pits of despair and you think, oh my God. And then, and you see, I mean, so I don't think it's any surprise the markets are behaving as they are because everyone else is having a similar, everyone else is having a similar kind of roller coaster ride emotionally. And the market's just reflecting that. We had
0: a, I think it was with David Bell, we were discussing how some money managers out there had never seen a bear market.
1: Mm. Well, they have have now. They have
0: now, exactly. (laughs) Well, this is... This is the thing, but we we've kind of been here before, haven't we? I mean, we we've seen yeah, so, September the eleventh, two thousand and seven. We've had we've had those situations.
1: So I'm thinking I'm thinking of the ones that, that have made this kind of visceral impact, and for me it's it's still it's still sort of the Lehman crisis, sort of the events of two thousand eight. Mm. Not so much Lehman itself, but again, the the how you can get effectively the perfect storm can arise from something that otherwise. You know, you wouldn't have thought it was a big deal. I mean, I, at the time, I did not think Le- the failure of Lehman was a big deal because I associated Lehman Brothers as being a second-tier investment bank, not a commercial bank, so meh. And then, you know, get a load of what, ha- what happened in fairly short order afterwards. So that's the way I'd say. Uh, so the the, the, 08, the 07, 8 experience, I think, for me, is the one that comes closest to the emotional response to dealing with, you know, this, this um, Wuhan flu uh, pandemic. And I think mm. my, my my for what it's worth, and this is not a, a racist comment, I hope it's much more of a political one, which is, uh, I look forward to a time when the economy can get back going, and we can start a mass boycott of everything that's ever been made in China, because no amount of reparations can make up for what they've done. And I'm not saying that like finger pointing, it's just, you know, if, if there were, it, as we discussed on previous calls, it, at, at the time, it seemed a little bit premature, but I'm not so sure it is now to compare this to You know, to China's Chernobyl.
0: It it feels a bit like that, but wouldn't one say that they were just caught off by off guard by something that they didn't realise the extent of at the start? Or
1: sure. So yeah, you 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 try and treat them all and treat treat this whole thing as you know, well, everyone's human. But but that's fair enough. But everyone may be human, but everyone doesn't have to weld their own citizens into their own homes to protect you know, society, and nobody has to suppress information and basically arrest whistleblowers. So let's not try and pretend that, that China's acted as a sort of, you know, great moral moral beacon here.
0: But it wasn't that for the, the good of suppressing the virus? Well, it's though.
1: interesting. It's interesting. So I, I was reading, well, I, was, I skim read through a piece by Martin Wolf of the FTSA, who's one of my personal favourites, an absolute, you know, I've got nothing but respect for the guy, not... And uh, he he used a quote, uh, and I think misused a quote, but I, I welcome the chance of being corrected. So the quote he had was, Salus rei publici, supreme lex." In other words, the safety, as I, I read it, and my Latin is pretty rusty, as I read it, the safety of the state is the supreme law. Whereas I think the original Cicero, for it is he, said, Salus populi, Supreme elects the safety of the people is the supreme law, and I this might sound like real finickety stuff, but it makes a big difference, but it makes a big difference because, and I had had this in a private communication with Martin Wolf back in you know 12 years ago, whenever it was, making the point that you know, well, he I, I interpret this as he's on the side of the state, and I'm on the side of the people, and the state is an arbitrary. Bureaucratic institution, whereas the people are human beings, living, breathing human beings. So between those two words, "re publicae versus populi, Again, I'm not a Latin expert or a historian, but I welcome comment from people who are familiar with, like, say, the the source material, because I, I, to me that that gets to the heart of the problem. Everybody now, we, the, what amazes me about this current crisis is having been originally quite slow to respond, because you know, I I, I probably like most investors. Was, was a bit blase coming into this, thinking, well, it'll all blow over, it'll all be a temporary thing. And I think it will be a temporary thing, but clearly didn't foresee just how quickly it could accelerate. So A, how quickly the the pandemic crisis, the healthcare crisis could accelerate, and B, uh, partly in their defense, and I'm not normally a, a fan of the, the big state, but in their defense, how quickly governments have responded to that. Yeah, And it's just a little disconcerting that they're basically promising the moon on a stick, and it still isn't enough to placate people. That's- yeah somewhat disconcerting. So so for me, my read of this now is that, again, having everyone been kind of on the back foot and we've been discussing on on the regular podcasts for quite some time, the the, the, the imminence, the likelihood and imminence of MM, a rollout of MMT, modern monetary theory. We're already there, they're doing it already. Yes, and it's like, well, that yeah. happened quickly. That happened super quickly. We'll get to that because
0: that's a very interesting point. We talked about the potential for deflation, then inflation. So this and, is and
1: a, that th- door is now in. We've got the deflation. We're living through it now. We are,
0: but the inflation could potentially come much quicker than we think,
1: right? Correct. Because- Absolutely, because you know you, it, it, seems, it. seems abundantly clear to me, at least, that central banks are now completely beholden to the, the the basically the risk appetite of investors. So central banks, particularly the Fed, you know, it's like there's a, there's a great political cartoon I once saw, which has got a, a mob of people and a guy behind them chasing them, saying i must follow them i am their leader and um <laughs> and that that seems to sort of perfectly encapsulate what sort of what central banks are doing which is well what do we what do you want us to do now and we'll do it you know yeah. just 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 if you say jump just all we need to know is how high so they've become complete slaves to say that the roller coaster of sort of you know, investor opinion the only thing that i find i mean clearly they're trying to you know that man the barricades or prime the pumps and all the rest of it the only thing that i i, I hope does happen cuz clearly this is this is like the big state re arriving in in droves but what i hope is different from the 08 experience is that whereas that basically went to a load of bankers this is going to be much more populist. It's going to be basically focused at. Well, the the Fed's already kind of t- tipped its hand. It's going to be giving money to everybody. Mm. And then, I mean, though I don't agree with that policy because I don't agree in you know intervention. I'm a much more of a sort of purist, sort of hard money type. Um, I'm willing to concede that in extraordinary things, you have in extraordinary times, you have to do extraordinary things. Yes. Um, so the, the the one of the phrases that was most um, in, insightful and impactful for me back in 08 was there are no atheists in foxholes. Well, there are no libertarians in global pandemics these days. Yeah. So everyone basically has to accept that, yeah, I mean, people are losing their jobs. Those people have to be supported. Businesses are going to fail. Um, but so, for example, the, compare and contrast, you can have, I think it was Best Western I heard on the, the news this morning, is offering up some of its hotels for the NHS. I'm thinking that's brilliant. I wasn't even aware Best Western was apparently a not-for-profit business. Did you know that? I didn't no, know that. I didn't know that. So that was that came as news to me. So that's one example of if you like paternal capitalism. And then you've got you know Richard Branson telling all his staff, if if you wouldn't mind, could you have like a two-month unpaid unpaid leave, please? I'm thinking, well, okay, from your own private island, maybe you should. Uh, is this is so? What I hope is that. We're going to get the mother of all stimulus. We're already living through it now. Um, but what I hope at least is that you know, the, the, the ordinary guy, the man in the street, gets a bit of a fairer shake than he did 12 years ago.
0: When the pandemic subsides and all, all the stimulus is in the system, trying to catch the beginning of that, of the, the whiff that we're nearly there, that's what the markets are looking for. And we might not be there yet. But, but when that happens, that they could potentially be quite, quite the rally.
1: For sure, and potentially also quite the inflationary. I mean, it won't be a shock. I think everyone will be anticipating it. But one of the reasons I have such little time for people like Martin Wolf is not just as a supporter of the big state, but it's also that he, he just rubbishes casually anybody that disagrees with him. So I remember at the time the Lehman crisis thinking. Well, this this response is going to be inflationary. And I remember him writing on several occasions, well, actually, those people you know, worried about hyperinflation are just wrong and they're lunatics. And I, I my response to that would just be, well, give it time. So mm. it, it might have taken 10 plus years, but I think we're there now. If we didn't get a, a, a rather messy inflationary outbreak then, I think we may do now. Yes. Or, or in fairly short order, which is the reason why rather than just yanking all of our money out of the stock market as investors, We've been rotating it out of industrial cyclicals into precious metals miners because it seems to me as, as, as clear as day that you know, we're going to see more money printing. It's going to be money printing and fiscal spending on a scale that relative to 2008 is going to look eye-watering. And for the life of me, I can't see how that cannot be a positive for the likes of gold. So some of the
0: value stocks that you might look at, do they look even more Tempting to buy,
1: they do. But it, uh, the the issue there, I mean, it's there's a, there's a couple of things in play. The main one being, although we'd we'd love to be sort of dipping in and buying more, because that's 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 the perfect thing about a, a, a proper value stock. If it gets cheaper, it gets less risky. That's the mm. point that Ben Graham made in the Intelligent Investor, this whole margin of safety concept. But offsetting that, we also have to be mindful of the fact that we have client you know, clients to report to, and all the rest. So. Well, it's easy. I mean, it's easy for me with my own money to buy whatever the hell I want. Obviously, and the same for anybody. But when you're managing other people's money, first you have a fiduciary obligation to look after their best interests. But it's it's not as easy to say, "Look, we're buying all this stuff now," because clients could quite conceivably be on the other end of that, thinking, "You're buying more." Mm. You know, sorry, are you blind? You know, can you not can you not get Sky TV, Sky News, BBC, Hello, yeah, Beulah, Beulah. You know, so there are a number of different sort of things. You know, there's there's a lot of fine lines that have to be trod here. Yes. Uh, but you're absolutely right that in in essence, you know, if 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 what you own is what you're looking at is genuinely high quality stuff. You know, run by a family who has a, a clear big interest in the the business. It's not short term. Has little or no debt. Focuses on that capital allocation, etc., etc., etc. All these good things. If you liked it at 100, you should like it an awful lot more at 50. Yeah,
0: and it, and not for the short term, so it's not like a-
1: And obviously not for the short term, no. Yeah. But, you know, I, I this is, I mean, this is this is the most difficult market environment I've ever uh, faced. I suspect it's probably the most difficult market environment anyone's ever faced. And you say that, and I say that as you know, someone who was managing money back in 2008, and that felt like kind of the rodeo to end all rodeo. So get a load of this, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's extraordinary in every way.
1: Really. I, mean, I, I what I love is the, the 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 facility of social media, notably Twitter, to really rise to the occasion in true sort of gallows humour style. I did notice from from one, I forget the the author. I normally try and credit people because I'm only really trying to remember who makes makes these bon mots and sort of drops drops these little bon mot bombs everywhere. But there was a great one that was something along the lines of someone posted. Uh, a few days ago, when you know, were you having like 10% up down days in a you know, in quick succession? Someone, I think, after one of like the sort of at the tail end of one of these down 10% days said, The trades we place tonight will echo in eternity. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to see that people are retaining a sense of humor and perspective through all this.
0: I think, in some ways, that's all you really can do.
1: And uh, yeah, yeah,
0: it's because otherwise, if you keep watching the the news flow it's just it, this, it's this, so this is bad.
1: this is absolutely it so the, I'll give another sort of shout out cause I'm sure I've mentioned it before I'll give another shout out to Rolf doberly who's written this essay called avoid news and basically right now news is probably the last thing you should be devoting your time to because it, it is first it's scaremongering i mean i think the this is the 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 subject matter of my sort of commentary this week, the the sort of the the malign nature of sort of mainstream media, notably the news news broadcasters. Um first it's scaremongering and, and, and secondly it's you know it it's not actually that insightful. You know, I mean I think it was Nassim Taleb that said, Well I don't I don't watch the news. If I if, if something's gonna be important, I'll hear about it at a dinner party. Mm. And there's something to be said for that. I mean, obviously for people who are investing and in trading, it's a different, you know, slightly different you know, situation. But generally speaking, he's absolutely right. I find dinner it...
0: party, what's that,
1: granddad? <laughs> well, dinner party, yeah. Fair <laughs> news, yes, yes, exactly. What's Snapchat, that chat, maybe. It's something it's something that people used to do before the world oh, changed in yeah. 2020. Yeah. Um, but um no, it's 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 just yeah, words words sort of fail you after a while. Um but i mean i I've, I've seen some 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 high really high quality posts out there uh in the digital world commentaries essays blogs thought pieces and i i'm much happier getting my my input my media inputs from the non mainstream than i am from the mainstream
0: great so w- w- when when is this out is this weekly already out or you sure it's, it's already out it's already the people
1: out. who've signed up for it will get it next Monday uh, but otherwise you can find it on our website um or I've also put it up on an old legacy site called the price of everything on typepad which is an old blog um blog post service but uh, and if anyone ever wants to sign up you know they can just ping me an email or you can you can sign up for it I think on our website but either way just just just, just ping me an email and I'll be happy to add them
0: so let's go to some questions. Uh, we had one from Joe Harris. Um, yeah. Question for the next ET: Is it a once in a generation chance to buy silver at the current gold-silver ratio, or a continuing devaluation of silver? Uh,
1: I think it may yet be a once in a generation time. I mean, I, I'm wondering why silver's performing as poorly as it is. now. I, who knows? I, I, I suspect it's that. I mean, we've we've always been in as part of our real assets exposure we've only ever held gold and silver and related mining concerns and the reason for that is because we've always been braced for you know the, the let's say the inflation to come the inflation that that was is is being slowly or not so slowly baked into asset markets for the last 10 15 years courtesy of QE and NERP and zerp and all that stuff so um, We've, we've only ever held gold and silver, as opposed to, say, trading things like platinum or palladium, uh, which are obviously precious, but, but, but they have a much more industrial function. And they've not been money in the same way that gold and silver have been. So I think what I'm scrabbling here, but what I think is the, the reason for part of the reason for the underperformance of silver is, A, it is an industrial metal as well as a, a former monetary metal. And also, its monetary substitute characteristics are probably not as deeply embedded as those of gold. So, in other words, if people think, well, where, which is the ultimate store of value, they probably go for gold as opposed to silver, except if you're dealing with fairly small amounts, because clearly the price of silver is so low relative to gold that it's a much more of a sort of retail, pro, retail friendly proposition. It's also...
0: It also has
1: antibacterial properties. Amazing, it? yeah. So if you if you wanted the perfect riposte to all the guys, all the twats who are trying to get rid of cash, say, well, no, let's have uh, silver pounds and silver dollars circulating because that that'll actually leave your hands better off than before you touch them, as opposed to this plastic crap that Mark Carney's been printing for the last how many years?
0: It's it's uh it's quite puzzling. I mean, I know, I know technically it did look a bit weak, and it has broken through a, a huge support level at thirteen sixty eight, but that is. That in itself is a little bit surprising given, given it's its actual other use but uh, i mean technically it's still looking like it's it, it could go for another down leg unfortunately um, but i
1: mean we'd be we'd be effectively doing the equivalent of buying on the dips because i, I know for me the i, I just kind of mass gold and silver together perhaps a little bit sort of somewhat half half heartedly but because they they were always money so that's the, the way we look at them as alternative alternative stores of value um, and that may be a bit overly simplistic, but either way, we'd like to own both. So if one of them's really on sale, then for us, that's that's more opportunity than uh, than threat. Given the size, just the current size of the of the response, let alone what what's going to be to come, because as we've sort of briefly discussed, you get the sense that governments, the gov- the government cheque writing process has only just begun internationally.
0: So a question, and I'm sh- I'm thinking this is tongue in cheek, and I'm sure you. Agree from Stuart Button. Uh, Dear Tim F. Price, I was hoping you could shed some light on the issue that's been keeping me woke at night. We all know the importance of maintaining exactly equal numbers of men and women at every level and in every profession. And of course, with exactly equal pay. Anything else must be discrimination and something we have a duty to be outraged over, especially on a Sunday morning while sipping a latte and reading the Guardian, what, <laughs> why is it that oh, he's got no, to kind
1: of show his hand there, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, why is it that 96 percent of all UK prison inmates are male? Males are 22 times more likely to be incarcerated than females. How can that be anything other than blatant sexual discrimination by our judges and juries? It's clearly a failure of the UK's diversity officers, its indoctrination centres, The Guardian, BBC, and government. This is the type of prejudice we would never be would never be tolerated in a corporation. So, why is it acceptable in our state correction facilities? Um, it, it goes on, but I th- I'm my, sure you my, get the... my
1: response to that. And we've used this one before—an old jolly not Nothing to add. Uh, yeah, very interesting point, well made. So, uh, Paul, we, we 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 just had a, a conference call with with a client who was looking for sort of technical guidance. We, for the benefit of, of listeners, would you like to share your sort of broad brush take on? where you know, the, the state of markets right now and what what you'd be looking for as, as signals to sort of to potentially start getting back in? Well, the past few... Assuming you think they're going to be going up.
0: Yeah, well, some of the signals I'd be looking for to tell you that maybe this is turning is what we call risk on and that would risk on trades and, and that would be a weakness in the Japanese yen. Uh, recovery in some commodities. So oil's going up this morning, which is good, but it's still from a very low base. And I'd be looking at emerging markets because they are very much risk on uh, type trade. So if they can recover, then that's a good sign. But in terms of outright price, what we saw yesterday was a spike down in the S&P and a sharp recovery, which was to the magnitude of enough that would consider to be what we call a, a spike reversal. So that that's been the first signal since this started that you could actually attempt to buy. Now, that doesn't mean it's a low, but it, it does give you a partial green light to to dip your toe in the water. Now, the caveat against that is that the trend has been so aggressive to the downside, um, there's still a lot more work that the market needs to do to show that it's stabilized. So it could really unfold very, very quickly again mm. and start plummeting down and i think the close on the week will be important but at least that that was that was a fairly positive signal that we saw and um it coupled with a uh, couple with oil moving up i think that's that's a little bit of a green shoot but it's not enough it could quite easily be trampled on here so um i'm thinking that the way to play this as a recovery if that's what one's looking for is to look at the long end of the bond markets because I think either way, they'll go down. So if you get inflation and...
1: And you're talking down in price terms.
0: Down in price terms, up in yield terms. So if you get a recovery in the market, then then yields should go up. There'll be a recovery there in yields and it'll be inflationary, as you've been discussing. Mm. And if you don't, the government's got to print more money, which is negative for bonds. So I think, Mm. you know, there's no guarantee, of course, people might want to be run running into bonds again to to shield from a a broader financial storm. But at the moment, that's that looks like an interesting, an interesting setup.
1: Ambrose Evans Pritchard in today's Telegraph has a, a typically fiery piece about the the breakdown of any any semblance of cooperation among members of the the European Union, notably, People sort of put well, the, the 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 ECB sort of hanging potentially hanging Italy out to dry. Um, what probability would you attach to a breakup of the eurozone on the back of the uh, pandemic?
0: I would I would say that if there was any time that it would ha- if, if you were to look at it before, you'd say as we have discussed that at some point it's going to happen. And then if you to suggest something that would trigger it, it would be something like this. I mean, mm. not that one could predict what it would be, but it would be something like this. So if they're not happy with the way they're being dealt with, that is right for them to say, right, that's it, we're out. And um that that would trigger it. You'd get the support of the people, um, which is ultimately what you need. So yeah, it's um it's never been a zero percent possibility. And therefore in fact, I think it's always been much higher than that. That at some point it will happen, but I'm not sure what would trigger it. Now, I, I'll be completely honest, I thought I thought this might bring people together because mm. because it's the sort of thing that we should all fight together, and yeah. and um, I, I really thought that it would it would be it would harmonise. Um, you know, it, it, talking about Brexit now just seems so irrelevant.
1: Given... Yeah, exactly, the world has moved on so far. Yeah. It seems like a almost a, a, a you know, like you're saying, irrelevance. It's a, yeah. a, a, incredible, really.
0: So, so something like this, I would have assumed, to have worked the other way, but it's it doesn't. If it's not, then that is a worrying sign. So, I would not be attaching zero to that possibility. And I think you need to be looking at at the individual European bonds again because they they come under a lot of pressure, especially Iti- Italy. Um, for signs that that's going to happen so i'll be watching greek and italian bonds very very carefully
1: as a sign of what's possible this is actually a stat that i got from a game called war thunder which you know for those of us that are work quote working from home and quote <laughs> <laughs> they'll be well familiar with it's cracking cracking uh air air combat game it is i've
0: I've I've played it you played it yourself played it, yes
1: uh, and it's I actually got from there, but it, it's, it's 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 sort of endorsed by Wikipedia to show what's possible with a concerted effort. In 1944, uh, Ford's Willow Run plant in the states built a B forty sorry a B twenty four bomber every hour. Wow! Which I just thought, now that's that's I mean, obviously the the ultimate the ultimate context of that is somewhat dark, but the in terms of what what is capable when everyone pulls together yes so that that is a kind of inspirational stat as much as it is a dark one
0: and that's a really good one because i think everyone should pull together and will pull together and I, i think at the end of this i just hope that it was something that we now recognize as a problem that we can react quicker to and hopefully it would prevent a bigger problem occurring in the future so you know there may be a silver lining to this
1: I mean that was in response that, that stat about the Ford plant was in response to Primal Political on, on Twitter who said during World War II, Britain built an average two thousand tanks and armored personnel carriers a month. I'm sure we're capable of building the twenty thousand ventilators we need. JCB, Rolls Royce, Dyson, retool their factories, bang those ventilators out.
0: And Brewdog have been making um, hand sanitizer, which I mean, really. Just, so,
1: I, so I hear. So it's I it's I hear. just amazing. So on people, I, I, I do you not know what it tastes like. <laughs> I might have a few pints later. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent.
0: Well, thank you so much for your
1: thoughts, Tim. One, one, one last thing, because I'm sure people will be just spooked to the power of 10 by the kind of volatility that we're currently experiencing. Do you have any, if you like, kind of like famous last words, or like just a brief guidance in terms of how people should be, you know, things like heuristics, rules of thumb, anything like that that you could advise for, for people to get through this, hopefully as unscathed as possible? From an investment perspective or trading perspective?
0: From a trading perspective?
1: Because oh. um... from my perspective as an investor, it seems like div- genuinely diversify, you know, margin of safety. This is repeating these kind of things like a mantra. And so in terms of stocks, the one thing that we're treating as absolutely crucial is whether you elect to be buying stocks now or selling. I think the, 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 the time to be selling is long gone, but I may be wrong on that. Um, if you're considering buying, then the stuff you should be considering buying is should have, at a minimum, little or no debt. So the companies that will get taken out to the cleaners are going to be those that are heavily indebted. So it is possible to quite possible to foresee a kind of potential cascade of, of failures, bankruptcies, and concomitant effects on the banks. The thing that kills companies is ultimately not having the ability to service their debt. So that's the one bit of advice I would share with with people it's, it's like what watch the debt of of anything you're looking to buy
0: I would say that the most the strongest sort of reaction to investors here would be that they would want to pick the bottom mm. and don't rule out the I, I would I would place in your mindset um, a an idea that it's sometimes or if more often better to wait until the market is going up than to try and catch it as it's falling.
1: Okay, so, so you don't try. You don't try and catch the low. You wait for, let's say, the low to be to be sort of low to be in, having been tested and retested, and yes. and, and continually bouncing back off it. Yes, that's a better sign that you know we're, things are probably stabilizing again.
0: Yes, I mean, as as tempting as it is to go, this is this is it, this is the low, you know, jump in and buy it, and I'm I'm sure there are people out there who who will be able to do that um and see when that is broadly speaking it's it's very very hard to to Mm. to time it that way and so as a as a kind of rule of thumb i would i would look at everything that you think is going to be valuable post everybody coming out of their houses Mm. and what what are people going to want in in that environment so you've got to kind of wind forward your mind to to
1: a at time which is I, i'm thinking deodorant would be towards the top of that list but that's yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um and then you know think about things that 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 are staples that people have to have and mm-hmm. you know that's why i think oil might be interesting because mm. you know e- even if even if activity is low you're still going to need oil in a year's time it's not
1: i don't know if you saw this i, I literally just just found this if I can if i can find the thing again it's from jim bianco on twitter wrap yeah. your head around this <laughs> The Saudis are pumping so much oil they are glutting the market. Oil needs to be handled and stored, which costs money. Storage is filling rapidly. Analysts are saying it is possible we will see negative oil prices. Aramco will pay you to take oil. No. Okay. It's, I, it's that's, astonishing, isn't it? Is it astonishing. Be, if that if that is if there is some validity to that, that is quite incredible.
0: Well, the the other rule is there's no rules, you know. Yeah. That, well that's
1: that's, that's that's the thing I was gonna say. So the the the, the little sort of like uh, trite cliche that I would uh, offer out you know, in a well-meaning sense is, is from, again, learned from 2008 period, which is, you know, learn to expect seven impossible things to happen before breakfast.
0: Yeah. I mean, because the markets, as we stand at the moment, are stabilizing. That doesn't mean we've hit the low. You know, mm. there's a very big difference between the two. We we may have, we, I hope we have, but I don't, That that's n- by no means a given. So don't be afraid to, to let the market base before you jump in. Um, that's the only thing I could say. And, and as I say, also actually one other thing is Bitcoin being such a speculative, uh, product. If you, if you see some risk taking coming back into the market, it it may well show up there first. So if Bitcoin gets over 6,000, that, that could be a, a sign that the rest of the market is going to follow. Mm. Um, so, so things like that, uh, is, is where I'd be looking for So if we wind back to 2008, I saw the recovery coming in commodities. So whilst the equity markets were dumping, um, the, the divergence was commodity prices were moving higher, and everyone was just going, "Oh no, no, no! It's terrible. Everything's..." So you heard- could
1: you could, for example, be looking at say Doctor Copper as the yes. as, as a signal for um, yes, exactly recovering
0: exactly. And at the moment, there's the commodity prices are still plummeting, mm. so that that's not giving us a signal yet um so the market price has stabilized in stocks but the the metals prices the base metals prices haven't stopped falling yet Mm -hmm. so um and and it it took about a month as well of of consolidation before things went back up in those commodities so you know don't be afraid to wait a little bit as well um but it depends on your time frame. It depends on your risk appetite. It depends what sort, of tr- what sort of investor you are or trader. But if you're investing, I think the difference between, you know, missing a little bit of the low and getting it right or buying it and being stuck in is, is I'd rather wait. But it depends what, what you're like. You may be happy to ride out more on the downside and go back up again. Um, but just as one final thought, um, I remember coming into a flight into Poland and I was sitting next to a couple of, of the, uh, these guys who were, um, they were, they were they were learning to be pilots and they were mm. from the UK taking their exams and lessons in, in Poland because it was cheaper. Mm. We couldn't land in the airport that we were supposed to. And we were diverted. And he said, we have an expression in the aviation industry. It's better to be down there wanting to be up here than being up here wanting to be down there. And that's a thought I've had in the markets ever since, you know, there yeah. are times when it's, you know, you're better to be out wanting to be in than the, the other way around.
1: Yeah. Well, my, mine would be the, the, the my payoff would be the line from uh, Hill Street Blues, which is, uh, Hey, let's, let's be careful out there.
0: <laughs> yes. I guess there, it that is, that is, uh, relevant at the moment. Brilliant. Well, Tim, thank you so much for your time. Thank and, you. Um, we'll continue to release our podcasts, our longer form podcasts, uh, every week. Um, remember, some of these were recorded before the volatility, which I will highlight. We've just released Craig Drake's, which was a very interesting conversation. we got Alex Balfour's coming up on Sunday, so look out for those.
1: Excellent. Good luck, everybody.
0: Thanks, Tim. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research or contact a professional advisor.